0: Hi, everybody. Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here. And thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that would change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Resurrection Sunday, it is the high point of the Christian calendar. I know for a lot of people, maybe you think Christmas, it is definitely the time we sing more at Christmas, so that's good. But Resurrection Sunday is really the high point of the Christian calendar because it's when the stone was rolled away from the tomb and the grave was empty because Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen, it's good. And it's throughout history, it's been this day where many Christians have reminded each other of this by doing this very ancient practice where one person would say, he is risen, and the other person would say, he is risen indeed. So I'm going to try that with you at home. So I'm going to say, he is risen, then I'm going to leave this blank, quiet space, and you say, he is risen indeed, okay? So we'll try that now. He is risen. Okay, not bad. Let's try it one more time. He is risen. He is risen indeed. So good. Well done. Well, have a seat if you haven't already. Enjoy the cushiony comfortableness of your lounge room. So this Easter, we have a short series on life that we're just calling Zoe, which is the original Greek word, the Greek of the time of Jesus, and it meant life. So if you're out there and you're watching this and your name is Zoe, hello. Your name means life. If you didn't know, now you do. That's what it means. And Friday night, I had the privilege of sharing a message called the crucified life. The crucified life. What it means to live a life modelled after Jesus' own journey to the cross. But today, we're talking about something a bit different. We're talking about the resurrection life. And see, what we're asked to do as disciples of Jesus is this simple idea that's just follow. Follow. Just follow. It seems so simple. Follow me, he says. But of course, it's never that simple. How do you follow in the footsteps of God? If you've ever grown up idolising your parents or you've had a big brother or sister who've always been, you know, like the champion, they won all the sports races, they were better in every test, you think it's hard enough to follow in their footsteps, imagine being Jesus' siblings, right? How tough is that to follow in the footsteps of the Son of God? Well, we get that same challenge Follow me, Jesus says. Follow me. Well, let's look at resurrection, because in today's readings, we hear this idea played out in full. Now, in the first reading from John chapter 11, Jesus foreshadows what is to come by raising Lazarus from the dead. When everyone around him thought he was gone, Jesus' own disciples thought he was gone, Lazarus' own sisters thought he was gone, Jesus brought him back to life. He raised Lazarus from the dead. I just want to pause there because that is such a profound, ridiculous miracle that we need to take the time to understand exactly what's just happened. He's taken a human being who was dead and has made him physically, tangibly alive again. But it's the circumstances before that that actually shock me more. I don't know if I've read the story too many times, but it's the circumstances before that that shock me because Jesus gets this news that Lazarus is sick and on the point of death. And instead of journeying straight away to be with his friend, he waits. He waits two days knowing that Lazarus will die. And in the waiting... He explains to his disciples, God is going to be glorified through this. They have no idea what's happening. They're, they're already. They've got their bags packed, ready to go to Bethany. And Jesus says, no, 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 just wait. Wait. Wait a couple of days. Let him wait in the tomb a couple of days. He's foreshadowing what's to happen. And so he gets to Bethany and he, he gets there and G- Jesus arrives and Martha, who is ever the industrious hostess, greets him and passive aggressively says to him, oh, Jesus, Lazarus, he, he would have lived if you'd been here. It's just how Martha did things. Look, she was a good cook and cleaner. It seems that way. So so give her a little bit of passive aggression now and again. Her brothers just died. Back off. But Jesus, of course, doesn't back off. In fact, he says to her, well, Lazarus is going to rise again, you know. And she says, yes, yes, I know. We're all going to rise again in the resurrection of the last day. I'm a good Jew. I know my Jewish theology. I understand. There will be a resurrection. Right now, that's cold comfort to me because my brother's just died. And where were you? And Jesus stops her and she says, he says, no, Martha, I don't mean he's going to be resurrected in the last day. I mean, I am the resurrection and the life and Lazarus will find resurrection and life right now. And he looks at her and he says, do you believe in me? And Martha, to her credit, gives the right answer. She says, yes, I believe you are the Messiah, the Saviour, the Son of God who comes into the world, the full glory of God, inhabiting human flesh. I believe that's who you are. Martha knows where to put her trust Because Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, not only will you be resurrected in the future, in the last days, but there is a resurrection, a resurrected life for you to live right now. That's the promise of Jesus to Martha. It's the promise of Jesus to Lazarus. It's the promise of Jesus to you and me. And so we ask ourselves, why did Jesus wait? Well, Jesus waited because the miracle needed to be shown to be a miracle. This is not an accident. This is not a little thing that's happening. It's not a party trick. Jesus doesn't want any confusion over here. He wants people to know that it is a miracle in progress. So Jesus then prays for the benefit of others around him and calls the dead man forth, not a party trick, not a zombie, but a living, breathing human being, life blooming out of death. N.T. Wright says this, it's like God's future has suddenly come bursting forth into the present. The resurrection life is seen in full as Lazarus comes out of the tomb alive again. Not just in heaven, not just in the final resurrection, right now. And the second reading from John today is maybe one we're more familiar with at Easter. The empty tomb. Mary and, Jan- and John and Peter grapple with the implications of a grave with no body, some neatly folded burial clothing, but no body. What do they do about that? And no Jesus and so the men leave and Mary stays weeping and encounters the resurrected Jesus face to face in her grief then Jesus comes to his disciples in a locked room full of his scared followers he appears physically, bodily he shows the disciples his wounds he proves his physicality to them and then he breathes on them blessing them with the gift of the Holy Spirit God's Spirit See, friends, Jesus performed the ultimate party trick. It wasn't enough just to raise Lazarus to life. He has died and then brought himself back to life. There is nothing like it. But of course, it's far more than a party trick. And if we think that that's it, then we're missing the point. And I don't mean that we think it's a trick. If you think it's just about Jesus raising himself from the dead, then you've missed half the point. It's the breath. It's in the breath. Jesus breathes on his disciples and as he does so, he gives them the gift of the Holy Spirit and a mission statement. As the Father has sent me, I send you. See, he sends them in his resurrection as a way of providing the renewal and repurposing of the disciples' lives. The disciples then go and live out this resurrection life, a life of supernatural and miraculous spiritual experiences, a life of holy, ethical living and keeping with God's purposes, and perhaps most importantly of all, a life that is devoted to sharing who God is with the whole world. And we know they did it because in the Bible, we call that the book of Acts. We know they did it because we stand here today. You sit here today in your living rooms being able to watch this presentation of the gospel because the disciples had the breath of God in them, the life of God. They had been brought to life. They didn't even know they were dead, but Jesus, the resurrected Son of God, breathed on them in a way that breathed new life into them. You are watching today because for thousands of years, Jesus has breathed life into those who didn't even know they were dead dead in our sins, dead in old patterns of behaviour, dead in the ways of this world that are breaking us, dead and trapped in the ways we try to live and try to get by and do it on our own. And Jesus is begging us to stop. Let him breathe life into you. Let him do a resurrection work in you. Just like Lazarus, Jesus is longing to bring you life. See, as I come towards a close, friends, Easter is not just about the resurrection of Jesus. It's actually about the resurrection of you and me. And here is the sure promise of Easter, that when you put your trust in Jesus as Saviour, the Son of God who comes into the world to lay down his life for the sake of the world, you receive life, life in all its fullness. And it comes in two ways, and you really need to catch this. The first way life comes is a life walking in Jesus' resurrection life. A way that enables you to flourish today in the presence of the living God. And the second way is in an eternal life. See, Jesus did come for you to live life in abundance now and he came for you to live life in abundance eternally. It's an eternal life that you will be part of the final resurrection that secures your eternity with God. The son of God came to lay down his life for the sake of the world, not just to die, not even just to forgive sins, but to bring true life. So today we don't just celebrate a future that's coming, church. We celebrate an event that has already happened. We celebrate our future secured in Jesus. Now, on Friday night, I talked about crucifixion and that life Jesus modelled for us in the crucified life, a life of death to ourselves and our selfish desires in order to pick up our cross and follow Jesus' death to the flesh. And this is critical because we need the crucifixion. We need the death of our old lives in order to relentlessly pursue a life led by the Spirit of God because without the crucified life, there is no resurrection life. But without the resurrection life, crucifixion is just a death. See, the crucifixion by itself might have made a martyr out of Jesus, might have made a hero, but it wouldn't have made a saviour. It wouldn't have made the son of God. It would have just been one more dead historical figure. Jesus didn't come to die. He came to bring life, life overflowing, new life, your life. The purpose of Easter is so that you have the opportunity to live in the way of Jesus. From this life, this resurrection life, bursting forth within you. That you would choose to take your old life and put it to death. Your sins, your shame, your need for control, your rebellion against God. All the things you need to put to death as you lay down your life at the feet of Jesus. And in return, what do you pick up? New life. Resurrection life. A life filled by the Holy Spirit. So what does the resurrection life look like, friends? Well, it looks like an extreme home makeover. It looks like this beautiful building that you are, that God has created you at. He is gutting. He's ripping it out. We've got some bad electrics, got some dodgy wiring, bad plumbing. We've got to rip it out and gut it and do an extreme makeover in it. There's an entirely different layout. The old life, what we might call the old life of the flesh is gone and the new life, the resurrection life, the life of the spirit takes its place, fills you from the inside out, begins to transform you into a new kind of human. This is what Paul says about it in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, but behold, the new is here. The new has come. Friends, your old life, your sin, your shame, your brokenness and pain has been washed away by the blood of Jesus. You are a new human being filled with the presence of God. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you are able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We'd love to hear from our listeners to connect with us or to support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.